what's the most you could get done in 6.12 seconds? I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because that's really not very much time at all. In fact, we've already had far more than 6.12 seconds in this podcast. So, what did you manage to get done in the time that I've been speaking? Well, I can't talk for you, but would you be surprised to learn what the total number of cherry trees in the United States managed in that time? Every 6.12 seconds, these trees grow enough to produce the equivalent of a cubic metre of lumber. So, that's about 14,000 new cubic metres of cherry wood every single day. Anyway, what I can get done in 6.12 seconds is tell you that my name is Ollie Stratford and also welcome you to this episode of Tree Shorts. Today, as you might have guessed, we're going to be looking into the world of American cherry. Now, most people know about cherry trees for their fruit or blossom, but the American cherry, Pruna serotina, is actually most interesting in terms of its timber. If you can cast your mind back to the 1990s and early 2000s, cherry was all the rage. A lot of Danish and Italian furniture brands were using it for their designs, and architects weren't immune to its charms either. If you look at buildings from that time, you'll see a lot of cherry wood kicking around. You can normally pick it out thanks to its dark brown, red hues, which are distinctive of the timber's heartwood. It's those colours which drew people in, and, as the wood became ubiquitous, eventually led to it falling out of fashion a little. These things move in cycles. American cherry's colours are subject to change, however. When you first cut the wood, it actually starts off as a much paler yellow colour or a pink shade. It only begins to darken once it's exposed to light, as substrate chemicals in the timber begin working their magic. You also get some beautiful swirls and whirls in the grain. So, this is a naturally beautiful wood that we're talking about, and one that's been much rarer to see since that cherry boom in the 90s. It's probably due a comeback. Anyway, the aesthetic of cherry is one reason that people have historically liked to work with this wood, but there are functional reasons too. It's always been very popular among Shaker and Amish communities in their furniture and architecture, for instance, and if you know those design traditions, you'll know that there's nothing showy about them. They're very functional and beautifully made. Cherry works well for that kind of design. It's a fruitwood, and like a lot of this kind of timber, it has a tight, fine grain, which means it's suitable for quite intricate woodwork, as well as taking well to polish. You can shape and turn cherry quite easily, and for this reason, it's popular with furniture makers, as well as musical instrument makers. Fields where fine detailing can make all the difference. But I don't want you to just take my word for this, because if you want to know about working with a timber, you really need to hear from the designers and artisans who actually get hands-on with that material. They're the ones who grapple with its specific qualities, and who know how it performs when you actually get down to it. So, to get this expert opinion for you, I reached out to Matt Collins, a young British designer who's one of the rising stars of the discipline. So uh, I'm Matt Collins. I'm a designer and artist, although I feel those titles are becoming a bit murkier as I progress. Matt's an interesting figure, as that slightly murky autobiography may have suggested. Mac makes incredibly beautiful, technically accomplished furniture and objects. He's a real technician in that sense. But some of his additional artistry comes in because of a lot of his work incorporates a sense of narrative and cultural exploration. 
So he's become known for producing furniture that is A. First and foremost, comfortable, sculptural and beautiful, but B. Often also reflects on issues of personal and cultural identity. So this is someone for whom design can be any number of things. The creation of new objects can simultaneously lead in multiple different directions. I think initially my interest in design, I guess, came unofficially from when I was a lot younger. Um, I'd always been really interested in intriguing objects and alluring objects, although I probably didn't really understand why I was drawn to these things. But I would collect these small little objects and I became kind of known for having things all the time, things in my bag. This love of objects and form is an important part of Max's work, because one uniting theme of everything that he's done is an interest in sculptural making and an exploration of materials and their properties. Like a lot of young designers, Matt got his start working with timber, but that's continued as a theme in his work ever since. Wood is the material that I started working in, so I guess there's something there in that I have more experience working with that material. But I do particularly enjoy working with timber. I find it quite interesting that I suppose that this material was so impacted by how it grew. Um, I find it interesting to consider how the material can be implemented in ways but is ultimately dictated to how it behaved when it was a living tree and the range in properties of the material depending on the species. And earlier this year, Mac had an opportunity to do just that. In 2021, the design magazine Wallpaper partnered with the American Hardwood Export Council on a project called Discovered. Now, Discovered was targeted at emerging international practitioners and invited them to work with a selection of four American hardwoods, of which American Cherry was one. AHEC and uh, Wallpaper, through this project, approached um, 20 designers from, I think it was 16 different countries around the world, and offered this opportunity to reflect on their time during isolation and to produce new work because ultimately a lot of these young designers like myself had found ourselves out of workshop access or unable to produce any work for that period of time and so this was an opportunity to step out of this kind of pandemic and uh, lockdown world that we were existing in. Working with Wood, the designers were asked to create something that could speak about isolation which, as you can imagine, was quite a difficult theme for many. But Mac actually had a slightly different experience with it. A lot of the, the narratives I was reading were about people coming back together and getting back together and getting away from isolation as quick as you possibly can. But for me, there's something about isolation in that word that had, I suppose, carried, like you say, these like romantic ideas um, that I'd always been quite an introverted person. And so this project was kind of an opportunity to explore more of my own character in how I responded to the lockdown. Um, and I'd felt that, like you say, the term isolation had undergone almost significant pejoration uh, during that time in 2020 and 2021. Um, prior to this, my personal take on the term isolation had always been one of a kind of romantic and positive nature, that um, it always carried these sort of connotations of contentment and serenity and contemplation and a time to remove yourself from what you might expect of the socially prescribed routine. So, Mac wanted to capture something of this Wuthering Heights-esque romantic quality of isolation, which had been somewhat lost during the challenges of lockdown. And he resolved that what he was going to create was going to embody that. The thing is, how do you do that in wood? 
Because Mac knew that he wanted to make a lounge chair, which provides comfort. But how do you make a lounge chair about isolation and not just, well, a nice lounge chair? Initially, Mac's ideas for how to achieve that centred around colour. So I'd originally imagined this object would be constructed from red oak. Of the timbers that we were presented with in this project, red oak was the timber that was most susceptible to colour manipulation. And I think the sense of isolation that I'd originally aimed to create was one that I'd associated with almost like misty landscapes um, and that the idea that the fog would mute the details and complexity of the wider environment. Um, this is what I had seen isolation to be as like a departure from the complication and all the noise. And so this idea of mist has sort of stuck around with me. And this sentiment would be carried through into the work through either pale and kind of muted tones. And I'd imagine whitening or staining the timber to reach a finish that would capture the tones of uh, like moss or lichen. But there was a problem with that, which was pointed out to Mac by the designer Tomoko Azumi, who was his mentor on this project. Coincidentally, Tomoko also featured in one of our earlier tree shorts talking about, you guessed it, red oak. But as the project progressed and through talking to Tomoko, who is my mentor for the project, it quite quickly become apparent that that wasn't the sense of isolation that I wanted to achieve. That it was quite quickly becoming something that would feel quite cold and unwelcoming. Um, whereas actually the sense of isolation I wanted to achieve would be something that would be warm and inviting and something that you would want to spend your time in, not kind of spend your time in but feel cold and yeah, in that sense of isolation. Enter your friend and mine, American Cherry, which proved the real turning point in the project. And so at that point, we switched from oak to the cherry. I guess mostly for the, the warmth of cherry, but also for kind of a whole range of other reasons that then really suited the narrative. I think the material cherry was kind of integral to the decisions that then were made from this point. Now, Mac had based his design around ideas of generosity. He wanted it to be a comfortable chair which you could sit in to read or sketch. So what he had in mind was something quite broad, with a wide seat and two thick armrests that would be formed by two ovoids of wood. Here, the cherry really came into its own. Yeah, so with the kind of physical forms, the, the design of the chair, and as I said, it had become this composition of these like wide ovular forms. These flat surfaces had a kind of a number of reasons to exist. Like practically, they were wide for storing reading material and to sketch on. Symbolically, these wide armrests would give the chair a kind of obtrusive stance and to push away other objects and individuals and to feel like you'd been distanced from the other things around you. For careful listeners, if you think back to the start of the podcast, you may remember that Cherry has a lot of patterning in the grain. So, if you have wide surfaces of wood, that patterning can really stand out. I like the idea of these expansive surfaces, like greeting this sitter, but to have these large expansive surfaces from the straight or kind of more predictable grain that you might have seen in some of the other timbers might have made them feel too barren and too broad and too soulless. Whereas cherry has these kind of quite rich swirls and, and waves that you can find in the material. And that these wide surfaces could then become practical surfaces, but also naturally decorated by these swirls and these patterns that you find in the material. In that sense, cherry was essential to Mac's design in terms of providing the visual interest that allowed for the wide surfaces he wanted. 
But it also has another property as a wood that really made the design. I think it enabled me to go even chunkier with the design of the chair. I wanted it to feel quite obtrusive and quite heavy, but without actually being physically heavy. Because physically, cherry is also the lightest of the four timbers. And this again was an important consideration. The chair is composed of these quite wide and deliberate forms. However, the cherry would allow it to boast these expansive surfaces while still remaining relatively light in weight. You'd get this almost play in appearing wide and heavy, yet physically and in actuality, it's still quite a light object. A light wood with warm coloration and beautiful patterning, American Cherry proved the key to Max Chair, which he ultimately titled Concur. And if you want a sense of quite how successful that final piece was, it has since been acquired by the Design Museum in London to form a part of its permanent collection. Really, really humbling, I think is the right word that um, I'd explained to, in a, to the guys over at the Design Museum that the pieces that they have in that collection are pieces designed by designers that I have personally studied and are a huge inspiration to me. So it really is humbling to know that it will sit comfortably among these pieces. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Ollie Stratford, and this episode was produced and edited by Evie Hall. Words on Wood is a podcast made in collaboration with and supported by AHEC, the American Hardwood Export Council.